Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I am your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I am joined here as always by the one, the only, Christopher Wesley. Hey, buddy. How are you today? I'm doing well, John. I am doing well. I'm excited because as of the recording of this podcast, it's two weeks away of us being in Vegas together. I mean, this is going to be kind of cool. So for those of uh, you who are faithful listeners, wife and I are flying out to Vegas just to visit John. No, uh, she she actually has a, a work conference out there. And, and so I'm riding along and, and John and I were like, all right, we're going to do some little bit of vision planning for the podcast. We're going to record a couple of episodes. Um, so maybe that we'll have a slightly better audio in that regards because uh, it's not uh, worrying about Wi-Fi going out or anything like that. But um yeah, so looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. Well, one of the things that my wife and I knew that when we when we decided to move to Vegas is that we would have a plethora of visitors because there's always a reason people come to Vegas, whether it's you know to to go on vacation and explore all there is to do in Vegas, in the Strip, casino, gambling, food, hiking, outdoor stuff. There's all sorts of things, or conferences because there are a ton of conferences here in town, and so. We and actually, you know, two weeks you'll be here, Chris. But in one week, there's another ministry friend from the Midwest who's going to be out here, and so we're trying to get together as well. You know, so it's funny; it's just people come out here, so it's fun. So if you come to Vegas, let me know. We'll we'll go grab some food, or you know, we'll we'll, we'll hang out. Just let me know. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. It's a lot more of an attractive place to go than Baltimore these days, but um, for sure, like, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's good, and. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, get ready, people. Uh, we'll have some good content and um, some big things coming from the church podcast uh, for sure. Uh, so, um, you know, speaking of travel, I just got off of a trip where I was in New York recently. I was speaking to the Diocese of Rockville Center, um, Brooklyn, and the Archdiocese of New York. And uh, I was meeting with their catechetical leaders and youth ministers and directors of religious education and all the other positions that kind of fall in that lump. Uh, to, to do a three-piece workshop. And, and John and I thought uh, it would be great to kind of break that workshop down over the next uh, couple of episodes here. So another one of those series. Um, but uh, essentially the goal of this workshop was to help um, everyone who serves the next generation or intergenerational um, ministry. So children, youth ministry, um, even um, RCIA adult formation Learn how to like work together so that what you're doing is is fluid and that the body of Christ, the church, is actually working well together opposed to um, in opposition or in conflict of one another. So uh, the first part of the workshop, and I think the most important thing, is talking about who we're trying to reach and who's that disciple. So, it's good because you remember last week's episode, we talked a little bit about developing a healthy staff culture. And that was one of the things that we spent some little time talking about is, is how do we, we break down the quote unquote silos that exist and how do we have one mission and one vision as a, as a parish, right? And so it's not youth ministry doing its own thing. It's not, you know, children's ministry doing their own, RCIA doing their own, but 
but together as one. I think that's, uh, Chris, one of the reasons that attracted me to what you're talking about here is, is the idea that we're, one, we're all working together. We have a similar vision of how we go about doing that. So I'm really interested in you helping us break this down a little bit in terms of, of this workshop that you did and kind of, uh, you know, where, what are the takeaways? What can we walk away with as parish leaders in, in this particular work? So I'm excited. So I, let's just delve right in, Chris. Tell, tell us a little bit, what was the title of this first part of this workshop and kind of give us a little sense of the outline here. Sure. It, it was essentially, who's that young disciple? Who's that young disciple? So um, in other words, uh, who, who are we trying to, nurture or grow and and you know I, I even hesitate to use those words because I don't want people to think that ministry is about manufacturing a, a one type of disciple of Jesus Christ however at the same time that's something we tend to do a lot right we we create programs systems structures we find curriculum that manufacture like one type of disciple of Jesus Christ even though you and I know John right that we were all designed differently we all have different motivations and strengths and, and things along those lines. But the way that current formation is done for children, youth, and even adults is let's find you and your uniqueness, but fit you into this box and, and have you memorize all this stuff. And so basic point to this uh, part of the workshop or, or the session and this episode is you can't do ministry effectively if you do not know who you're trying to reach and where you're trying to bring them. Um, so when it comes to figuring out who's that young disciple, what we're meant to do and why we're meant to do it, it's great to have a vision statement, but within that vision statement, who are we trying to reach? And, uh, and then from that um, emerges that vision statement of who, um, of where we're taking them or where God is asking us to take them on that journey. So is this a little bit like the idea we've, in terms of what's your model of developing intentional disciples? Kind of how do we take people through the process? Is it about that or is it about naming your audience? Kind of, kind of explain that a little bit more because I'm really intrigued by this idea because I'm right there with you. It's like, I had, it's, it's like the cookie cutter approach. Like when I was doing youth ministry in specific, like I, everybody had to go through what we were doing. And that was just, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We had youth group on Sunday night. We had the confirmation program, the way it was set up. And, and that was it. And, and we did not have a, a diversity of ways of reaching people or attracting people. Is that kind of what you're getting at here? Yeah, no, exactly. So, um, you know, think about like how in the book Rebuilt, right, they talk about Timonium Tim, right? So this is partly talking about Timonium Tim, but then it's also looking at like, you know, Sherry Waddell um, or even um, Divine Renovation of like uh, who, intentional discipleship, right? Like what are the habits and the skills and the qualities of someone who's <clears throat> living a life uh, of Christ? Um, and uh, because I, I think if we really answered those questions, the way that we would do ministry would be completely different, right? And, and so one of the examples that I use when, when I give this workshop is how church, 100% of church teaching is 100% inspired by God, right? It's from, the, it's from God, it's through the Holy Spirit. Um, all of our church teaching and beliefs and scripture are all inspired by God. However, they're not all relevant to all people at all times. And uh, the example that I give in, um, in, in workshop is an extreme example, but have you ever heard the story of Alicia and the, and the, um, the youth that make fun of him, John? 
No. All right. So this is in Second Kings. Basically, Elijah, the prophet, right? He had this uh, student, Elisha. And Elijah gets you know, taken off to heaven. He goes off into heaven. So Elisha is by himself. He's a little depressed. He's sad. He's heading out of town into another town. He's on this journey. And all of a sudden, um, uh, these bunch of like kids, teenagers, start calling him baldy head, you know, start making fun of him and mocking him and everything. And so he does what any wise prophet would do. He turns around and curses them in the name of the God, in, in the name of the Lord. And God sends down, scripture says God sends down two she bears who demolish and tear apart the 42 youth. And then the story concludes with Alicia walking on his way back, back into town. And it's kind of like, what, like, okay, how am I supposed to use that? I mean, the only application I can think of is that we, uh, anytime we have people who annoy us, we just curse them in the name of God and God might send down two animals to tear them apart. Like that God would provide in that way. Not that I'm promoting it, but you know, that's just, that's, that it's scripture. It's hundred percent inspired by God, but it's not relevant right now, at least in my life or maybe in most teenagers lives. So uh, it's the same thing with church teaching, right? Um, to more of a relevant example, right? Uh, let's look at things like pro-life or, um, you know, and, and the way that the church feels about abortion issues and everything. Uh, agree with that 100%, you know, the church's teachings and everything like that. But sharing that truth or that information might not be relevant to someone who um, just had an abortion or someone who um, had a fem- family member go through that or something like that. Not that they don't need to hear it, not that that's truth that they should be excused from, but at that time in their moment of their life, that might not be appropriate. And so when it comes to our faith formation programs, we create curriculums, we create content, and we're like, these are the things that kids and teenagers and adults need to know. And instead of figuring out when we should teach those things. And and we do a little bit of that, right? Developmentally, but that's where we stop. We only stop at developmentally. We don't think about seasonally. We don't think about even in an individual level, like, okay, should I be talking about, you know, uh, chastity and um, celibacy and all these things with, with teenagers who right now I know are struggling with, um, sexual identity or is it an appropriate time to share it with them? Like, you know, again, asking these questions or should I be talking about, um, you know, the memorization of scripture um, with, um, you know, a six-year-old who's struggling to learn how to read? You know, I, I don't know, like uh, that might not be a great example, but my point is again, before we start looking at content, we have to really start looking at who we're trying to reach. I, first of all, I, I got to go read Kings again because that story of Elisha, like honestly, or Elisha, Elisha, I've heard it both ways. I, I, I wish I had that skill when I was a teenager. I could have really used that. Yeah. <laughs> I would have yeah. loved to be able to curse my, my, my enemies, for lack of a better term. <laughs> well, well, you still can today. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, um, yeah, if you read through scripture, um, and, and again, even just church teaching in general, there are things that are so mind-blowing that even as adults, right, we have to sit down and process through it. Yet, um, again, we uh, create our formation programs, our, our parish life to just be like a factory of like, you learn this in first grade, this in second grade. If you're going, even RCIA, right, um, good um, and, and 
we have this in our conversation when we talked about it, like things like RCIA and catechetical development, um, knowing who you're encountering um, is so key because then that should influence what you're teaching mm-hmm. and, and what so, you're getting. So basically what you're saying is, which is, I, I don't know if it's a surprise for folks, but I, I just love this idea is that we can't assume that everybody's in the same place on their spiritual journey. I mean, right. ultimately that's what you're saying. And so, mm-hmm. You know, a, a young person, they may be in the exact same grade, right? They may both be in fourth grade and, and, and Ten Commandments is the curriculum for, for fourth grade, right? You know, but, uh, you know, kid A is in a very different place spiritually, maybe, maybe a little bit more mature, farther, farther along on the journey. Out of, you know, that, that's the question. How do we even define that? But versus kid B who's in a different place. So how we go about creating a, a plan in terms of how we form these people is really individualistic. I mean, basically what you're saying is that there could be a hundred million different plans based on whoever, you know, the, the person is that you're dealing with. I mean, is that basically what you're saying? Well, because we're on different journeys. And that can get overwhelming, right? Thinking about like, I have to create an individualistic sort of ministry. And, and that's not what I'm saying at all, but it's, it's, it's trying to look at common themes, right? Because people in the same community are going to have those common themes but we don't take the time to do that. And so how do you figure that out? How do you figure out who you're trying to reach? And it really comes down with slowing down the process of how you enroll people into your programs, slowing down the process of how you encounter people um, through membership, right? Like how many times do we just send out a link? Um, and this is one thing I really appreciate about Nativity and, and even at my current parish is we've created these encounters for new members, right? You don't have to attend to become a member of the parish but we invite you and strongly encourage you because then that allows us to encounter you. That allows us to get to know you. And in those situations, we want to know things like your name, you know, where you go to school, where you work. Uh, We want to know, um, you know, all that basic demographic info, but we also want to know in these encounters, like what's the relationship you've had with the church to this point? Have you had any relationship? Was it good? Was it positive? Um, You know, are you here because that's what you just know is right? Or are you here because you're uh, you know, looking for something bigger. Um, we we want to ask questions like, um, what does success look like in your life? What is something you've enjoyed? What's been something you've achieved in your life? We also want to know what, what are the biggest struggles you face? Um, you know, I, and I think I've talked about this with the confirmation process uh, where we ask the question at the beginning of confirmation, what's your single biggest challenge when it comes to growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ to the candidates and then to the parents? What's the single biggest challenge you face when sharing your faith with your child. And so for us in church, we really need to slow down how we're moving people through parish life so that we can listen, so that we can be more attentive and, and really get an idea of who God is, is introducing us to. Um, and when we do that, yeah, it gets a little bit messier. It gets more on an individual level but at the same time, you'll have a larger impact on those people and a larger impact on more people because of just over time, generations upon generations of disciples. 
Yeah, I love this because in essence, what you're describing really is the RCIA process without, mm-hmm. without naming it. You're describing yeah. the baptismal catechumen because what you just named right here is, is, is the period of inquiry, right? right. We would say that baptismal uh, catechumen is, is getting to know people where they're at. It's the pre-evangelization. It's before they formally kind of go into any sort of formal program or formal formation. There is that relationship building that there is that connection in terms of, of where they're at and what they need and how do we base our clinical formation based on where they are in their journey of faith and their journey so it really is i mean really what you're expanding here is the period of inquiry and the baptismal catechumen so get practical for us here uh chris what what does this look like how does a parish minister whether it's a youth ministry children's ministry faith formation uh rcia leader what does this look like how do we go about really understanding and analyzing where uh, our people are at. Yeah. So um, I think the first thing, and this is going to blow a lot of people's minds away, uh, it's it's going to take some budget, um, but it's buying name tags, you know, name tags. Like, uh, like we have to know people's names, right? And how many times do we go through? Tr- and I love this in Divine Renovation. They have like name tag Sunday or something where they give out name tags for people to wear and, and then you know, introduce. And I like that idea. I think as a parish, uh, um, it's, it's, and, and I know this sounds like overkill. So John, feel free to move me forward in this, but like really getting to know someone's name is the best thing you can do. Because if you show up and you see someone, you've, we've all been in those situations where you see someone where you remember their name, but they don't remember yours. And you're like, oh, I must have not have had, had that much of an impact on them, or they really don't care about who I am. But you and I also know we've been on the opposite end where we forget what that person's name is. So I think like whether you're leading youth ministry or even you're in the liturgical committee, think about areas where name tags or where names can be learned, right? Um, I I think another process of where we can, like, you know, tangible examples of how to live this out um, are creating areas of fellowship and encounter And then um, as a staff and with your key volunteers, making it a priority that they're interacting with people. And we've talked about that question, right? Do you work on Sundays or not? If you're not a part of the liturgical, you know, uh, ministry or or staff. And this is where that's so important, where, you know, for me, I come into the church on Sunday mornings, hang out at fellowship so that I can meet people and just learn stories. So I think we have to train our volunteers and our key volunteers, especially, and our staff to be present at these events and not to get drawn to the same crowds, but really interact with those people as well. I think we also, and we'll we'll talk about this more in the next episode, look at the types of programs and systems we have set up that lead people down that path of, of further relationship, right? So you mentioned the RCIA, the RCIA structure is like, perfectly designed for this, right? Because, you know, like you said, introductory period, and then it's in the process of getting to know it to the point where, when, you know, and we see this with a lot of RCIA groups, right? There's that close-knit community when they, um, when they uh, are towards the end of that preparation and, and going in, into that process. And, and so we have to, like, look at ways of doing that in our ministries and training our catechetical leaders, training our volunteers to not worry about, so much of the sharing of information, but the importance of listening 
in those first couple of weeks or sessions that you have with people. Yeah, this is so good. And, and it's, it sounds so basic, but we don't do it, you know, right. and that's why sometimes you just need to get back to basics here. Right. The, the whole name tag thing is really important. There's a parish that I was a part of that that made a big deal about the name tags and, and not just on name tag Sunday. And I think they used to do it like on the third Sunday of the month was what they called their hospitality weekend, where it's like right. definitely wear your name tag this weekend. But they, they did. They invested in legit name tags. So not like sticky name tags and you write your mark name on marker and there's a place for that there's nothing wrong with that in different ways but they actually invested in a machine that created these really really high quality plastic name tags that had a magnet on it uh you know so then you basically use a magnet you know and you clip it under your shirt and i'm for those of you who who aren't watching the video because we don't have video showing me i'm showing (laughs) i'm showing chris on the video right now you know, you and, got, yeah. but, but it had the parish name, it had the parish logo and then it had your name. And if you had a specific leadership role, then they actually put that leadership role, that title under it. And if you didn't like, you know, uh, then it was just your name and that was fine. And what they were really training people to do is wear your name tags week in and week out. And by providing high quality name tags, like we still have, look, we haven't gone to that parish in years. We still have those name tags. You know, they're on our refrigerator because they're magnetic, right? And so if we ever go back, we'll probably bring it with us and wear it, you know. Um, But it does. It makes a difference, you know, in terms of building that community. It does. It starts with a name and it goes back to Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, way back. I mean, that book is over 100 years old now, I think, at this point. And basically, one of the whole chapters in, in that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, was said, your name is the sweetest sound that you'll ever hear. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's true. And it starts there. And so the name tags, hopefully you get to a point that you recognize people without name tags. That's, uh, that's what we're looking for, building that community. But the name tags provide an easy way to open up and, and build that, building that relationship and connecting with that. So it sounds so simple, but we don't do it. And I think that's what's so, I think it's essential. And, and so I wanted to kind of jump on that, Chris, because I think that's an incredible idea. Yeah. You know, and the second piece there that you mentioned about the idea of being present and connecting with people at, at hospitality opportunities, I think is real key. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an expert. I, I naturally do that. I know it's a little bit easier for me, but I think all of us who are in ministry, who are leaders in ministry have to go out of our way to be intentional about connecting with the different audiences in our community and not and not always go to the same people and it's really easy for me to go to the same people because that was my community right but my job as a leader in the church is to not connect with my community but to build community of the entire parish and so going out of your comfort zone connecting with people that's why all those parishes that do donuts and coffee on sunday morning like yeah if you're on staff you should be there Right. You know, and we did that and I would be there and I would connect and I'd go around the tables and find out who all these people were and connect with them. And yeah, you'll get people who grab the donut and coffee and then they don't stick around. They leave. That's fine. You know, Uh, there's still an opportunity there. They're sticking around after mass in a way that they didn't before. And I know that there are parishes like Nativity. You mentioned Nativity before who who make a big deal out of it and have created like these little, you know, hospitality areas, these little for lack of a better term, coffee shop areas and things like that, where people 
have a comfortable environment to connect on a regular basis, both before and after mass and how essential that is, especially at the Sunday experience, right? Right. Well, and, and, and so with that, the more you can get to know someone, not only can you um, cultivate uh, better content for them, but you create um, a sense of belonging and they're going to be more trusting to where you want to take them, right? And so that kind of brings us to like the second part which is who's that disciple? So what's the ultimate vision of uh, someone who, who ends up following Christ? And, you know, John, if you and I were to just sit here and, and list as many habits or characteristics of a disciple of Jesus Christ, I think we could, it would be endless. We could go on for, for days. But um, one of the challenges is because there are so many, we try to hit all of them and end up hitting none of them, Right. And so one of the things that we need to do is narrow that down to the type of habits or um, charisms or gifts that we want a disciple of Jesus Christ to have and talk about as a parish, all right, how do we lead our audience in that direction? And so one of the things that people can do is they can list out as many as they want and look for the common threads, right? And narrow that down to a couple. Or the other thing that I would suggest is look at the name of your parish, right? Um, if your parish is, you know, uh, St. Ignatius or St. Joseph or St. Catherine of Siena or, or you know, uh, St. Francis, you know, look at the characteristics of that saint and say, okay, what did he or she exemplify? And maybe there's a reason that God has called that, called us to name our parish that name. And maybe we should be living out those values in that regards, you know, and, and, you know, it's not to say like, oh, Jesuit parish versus Franciscan parish versus, you know, Dominican, but like, you know, really like looking at the characteristics and say, maybe these are the characteristics and, and values we want to cultivate in the people that are around us. So like for a church um, like Nativity, um, obviously, you know, it's it's not a specific saint, but we, we did the first option, which is list as many because we were finding what we were seeing in children's ministry and youth ministry and adult ministry were similar, but not the same. And so we came up with the acronym STEPS, right? Because Catholic churches come up with acronyms. And, uh, you know, we looked at uh, STEPS, S being serving in ministry and mission uh, inside the church and outside the church, tithing uh, and worship offering. That's the T. E is engaging small groups and faith sharing communities. So, you know, again, um, learning how to articulate your faith with one another, iron sharpens iron in that regards. P was practicing um, your faith through uh, prayer and sacraments, or basically uh, practicing your life, uh, practicing sacramental living. Um, and then uh, the S, the last S was share your faith through a strategy that, that they use called invest and invite, but basically share meaning, uh, sharing your faith, learning how to articulate and witness to other people. Um, at St. Joseph's, um, you know, we're, we're, currently in the youth ministry developing similar habits with that. Um, but uh, again, it, it's taking on a little bit of a different um, sort of toll because um, St. Joseph, like one of the things that we know about him, you know, the, is that he, what, when Mary was pregnant with Jesus, they were wandering from place to place trying to find a home. And we're actually a parish that was started by, you know, immigrants, Irish immigrants and, um, and now we have a huge immigration population here. And so some of the a huge value for us and one of the characteristics we're trying to do is, is definitely that um, someone who uh, will one service oriented 
and faith justice oriented. <clears throat> and also, um, again, um, a nature of hospitality and welcome, right? Those are the those are three characteristics we want to see in the disciple of Jesus Christ. And that, those are the things we're trying to develop because that's our history. And that's who we are, you know, as a parish of, uh, you know, St. Joseph's Parish. Um, so, yeah, I know I did a lot of talking there, but th that's essentially two strategies that you can use to start identifying who this disciple of Jesus Christ is. Well, I think that's a really amazing strategy because that's one of the questions we often have is how do we measure faith? How do we measure success? Like it's very difficult to, to, to measure, you know, uh, conversion experience and what the faith is but but what you're naming is we don't measure the faith in and of itself but we measure the habits that stem from you know the faith right and, and that's where i think we we get stuck there a little bit and this is where i agree with you 100 percent is is what are the habits that we are encouraging in terms of what it means to be an intentional disciple and you're right chris we can there could be all sorts of things it's tithing it's volunteering it's it's uh be, you know what you're doing at home with your own kids right i mean there's all sorts of areas to do but i, I love the idea of focusing on a handful that's going to be your focus uh as your parish what are those habits that we really want to uh focus in on and have all the ministries focus in on that right so basically what you're saying chris is like this is not just the habits that we're going to form in our youth or in our children or our parents but we're going to have the entire parish we want them to focus in on these two or three or four habits uh, and we're going to put all of our energy in as a ministry of helping develop those habits right definitely definitely and then it's taking those habits and i mean yeah you, you essentially said this but like figuring out what does the life of the parish look like to enhance those things, right? So um, the simplest way that we do this is we just sit people down and teach them, right? And this is something we talk about, we'll talk about in the next episode a little bit. We just sit down and teach them. But really what we need to be doing is saying, okay, what opportunities, programs, and events are we implementing in our parish that lead people closer to that? So it goes back to the, why are you doing what you're doing? It should, the answer to that um, should be linked to those characteristics, habits, charisms of a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I think if you're listening to this podcast, I think you have some homework and, and, and I have some homework too, in terms of <laughs> let's get together. Let's, let's name those habits. You know, let's obviously yeah. let's, let's consider name tags. Let's, let's be intentional about hospitality opportunities and connecting with people, you know, but then start naming what are those habits? That is a perfect staff meeting agenda. And that's the type of thing that should regularly be on staff meeting agendas. You know, we, we've talked about meetings before. I'm not going to go into this very much, but the worst type of meetings are the ones that we just report on what we've done over the past oh. like month. <laughs> Chris had a facial reaction that was hilarious. Oh. You know? But that's what a lot of our staff meetings are. But imagine if we had a conversation at our staff meeting, that's exactly this, Chris. Who are we trying to reach and what are the habits that we want to form in them? And, right. and then you continue that conversation. How do we all do that? How do we do that through liturgy, right? How do we do that through volunteer opportunities? How do we do it through youth ministry, children's ministry? The, that is a very strategic conversation that I would argue that many churches aren't having. And so that's our homework. Yeah. I, I think between now and, and, well, it's only a week. So I don't know when your next staff meeting is, you know, but I think that should be, especially if you lead the staff meeting, I think that needs to be a conversation point. And I think we need to build that into what we do. Yeah, yeah. And I would say if you're a new pastor, especially because we're at that, right, that point of the year where 
people are being reassigned uh, to new parishes and everything. Um, if you're a new pastor, or even if you're a team leader, like if you're a youth minister or a DRE, you can do this with your volunteer teams. But if you're a pastor, this is one of the best ways, I think, to start out in your parish. As you get to know the parish, it's asking the question of who's our audience? Who, who are we trying to reach? Um, let's learn about them. And then secondly, where do we want to take them? Where is God calling us to take them? And yes, I think at your next, next staff meeting, it's good, but this is also a, a constant conversation to have. This isn't one conversation you have and you put it into a mission statement and you put it on your bulletin or your website. This is something where you guys, where all of us should struggle and wrestle with. It's an enriching and a, a, such an awesome conversation to have that with your staff. It can be frustrating. It can be, um, there can be some conflict, but at the end of it, you feel good because there's clarity. There's clarity around who you're trying to reach and what you're trying to do. And I think that's what we want, right, in parish life. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, again, a little bit of homework for everyone is uh, to bring this up at your next team meeting or your staff meeting is who you're trying to reach and, and, and where you're trying to take them. And, uh, you know, again, with Marathon Youth Ministry, uh, uh, we do these workshops for um, dioceses and parishes and, um, and, and, and ministries. So don't hesitate to reach out to us at MarathonYouthMinistry.com. Um, and uh, also, if you have questions, though, about this, reach out to us at questions at thechurchpodcast.org, or you can reach out to John um, or, or I on social media. Media John is uh, at John Ronaldo. Although, have you given up on social media? Because uh, you know, a few episodes ago, you, <laughs> no, no, you, no, uh, no. I'm still on there. I'm still posting stuff and, and getting involved in conversations. So, I, I have been negative about social media, but I'm still on there, brother. I, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> so, for a limited time, we don't know what that limit is. You can reach out to John Ronaldo at John Ronaldo, um, or go to his website johnronaldo.com, or find him at Parish Success Group, which is also a fantastic organization at um, you know helping parishes find the bigger picture. Um, you can find me at Chris R. Wesley on social media or Marathon Youth Ministry, or go to marathonyouthministry.com. And again, just these types of services to help you guys think outside the box to get unstuck so that you can do ministry better. Uh, John, any final comments or thoughts or things you want to add to the conversation? Yeah, I have one more homework assignment for myself. I have to go back through the Book of Kings and I got to find this specific story. I know I've read it before, but now I need to go find uh, Elisha. I want to find where he cursed his bullies and they were all killed. Like, I just want to read that. (laughs) So what's important is a lot of people get this confused. It's Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, which is different than Elijah. Mm -hmm. Elijah's the, um, and I'm I'm talking more to our listeners or explain to people, but like Elijah's the one who went to the mountain. He's the one that took on the prophets of Baal, um, you know, uh, and Jezebel and all those uh, people. Elisha um, has, you know, little bit of a shorter story um but there's some crazy stuff that happens with him as well and i mean if you want to know like some of the craziest stories in the bible just read the book of judges and the book of kings um and if you not that you should skip over the story of david but even if you do there's just like crazy stuff that happens that is just awesome awesome storytelling so that's my homework assignment i'm going to go back through that because i'm intrigued by these stories 
Definitely. Definitely. All right. So um, yeah, no, thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you for listening to us again, reach out to us, uh, visit the churchpodcast.org. And if you haven't already leave a review on iTunes, let us know how we're doing um, and share, uh, share everything that we're doing so that we can reach more churches and help them do ministry better. John, thanks for joining me. Uh, Would you close us out in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Living gracious God, thank you again for this opportunity to serve in ministry through this podcast. Lord, I just pray for all those who are, are listening uh, to, to this episode. Lord, continue to encourage all of us, to inspire us, send your spirit upon us to, to continue to, to serve you, to, to be innovative and, and renewed on, on our intentionality of creating disciples and uh, who, who know you, who, who encounter you and, and help us as leaders accompany all of those in our parishes, in our ministries to know you and to serve you. Lord, be with us, especially during the summer season with travels and with fun times, hanging at home with heat and weather. Lord, just be with us in the work that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.